0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of No Butts About It. I am your host, Josh Butts, here in my dining room in Indiana. We have Chuss in his basement in Pittsburgh. Uh, I have no idea where Stan is. I think he's in Steubenville, Ohio. He might be in someone's attic or something. Uh, We may never know. But uh, first of all, congratulations to the Michigan Wolverines and all their fans, Jim Harbaugh, all those guys. You're national champions. I did watch the game last night. If Blake Corum somehow becomes a Cincinnati Bengal in the future, I would be a very happy camper. But uh, we're not here. You watched the game? I did watch the game. game. I know.
1: For the guy that doesn't care about college football, you actually watched the national championship.
0: Yeah. I told you I watched the bowl games. I watched the seven ah, final games. You? I watched. Uh, I didn't watch like the D, the D two bowl games or anything like that. But I watched like. Why well,
1: every... I, I wouldn't expect you to watch the D two. I watched games. the Florida State I, Georgia
0: I game because I was hoping Florida State would.
1: Wait, count. wait. What do you consider D two bowl games? Like, like actual D two schools, guess, yeah, or like then, or like, like you. I guess do you Liberty mean like the... isn't D two,
0: but like whatever, like Liberty. Which isn't D2.
1: well. The, well, Well, Liberty, they played on a New Year's Six game.
0: Yeah, but it wasn't... I don't care. They played Oregon. Yeah, but I don't care.
1: Oregon's not D2. I know,
0: I know, I know. I was just thinking...
1: So so, so, what do you think of the DirecTV, DirecTV Holiday Bowl?
0: I don't know the names of the bowls. You got to tell me what U,
1: USC Trojans against the number 15 Louisville Cardinals.
0: Oh,
2: no, I...
1: I, you didn't I, watch that. No, I watched. You didn't. What about what about the East Easy Post Hawaii Bowl with the San Jose State Spartans and the Coastal Carolina?
0: No, I didn't watch. I watched ones that potentially had future Bengals in them, Chuss.
1: All right. Well, if you wanted to watch something about uh, future Bengals, you should have watched the Florida AMN and M Rattlers against the Howard Bison because I think you should be grabbing one of one one of those two players from one of those teams are you done no um did you watch the myrtle beach bowl no okay well you know what so i, I just was trying to figure out what you consider d2 and what you consider d1. i watched the
0: pop i saw the pop tart guy pop tart bowl
1: okay well that that's cool i just because like there's a big difference between d1 uh, d d2 bowls i meant, I meant t- like, and tier like
0: i meant tier two i watched like, and like
1: irrelevant bowls yes
0: irrelevant yeah i watched the ones okay. The only reason I watched the Florida State-Georgia game was because I wanted to see Florida State prove that they deserved to be in. But then they sat all their good players, and I was like, that's stupid. You've proved nothing. Shut up. Anyway, moving on to the NFL. Chuss. The Steelers, as we can see here, somehow made the playoffs. Bengals were the only team in the AFC North to not make the playoffs. The Jets did not make the playoffs. Uh, Stan is very sad about that, but they beat the Patriots, which he was happy about. And uh, we've got our wild card weekend coming up here, but let's look at our playoff picture. Uh, Steelers are playing the Bills, Dolphins playing the Chiefs, Browns versus Texans, Eagles, Buccaneers, Rams, Lions, and Packers, Cowboys. So that is your playoff picture going into this week. Chuss, what do you think about the Steelers this week? Are you oh. excited? Are you surprised that you guys made the playoffs? What What are your thoughts?
1: Well, for me, I don't really think we should have been in the situation of waiting for a Jaguars uh, loss. I, I really think that had we have actually had a competent quarterback in The backfield and not Mitchell Trubisky, we probably would have beaten the New England Patriots. Possibly even maybe given Indianapolis like a run for their money, and maybe even beating Arizona amongst all the weird rainy weather conditions that happened during that game. I mean, the first three weeks of uh, December did not look too hot for us. Now we're starting to heat up a little bit. I, I like where the team's going. I figured we would finish 10 and seven. A lot of Steelers fans had said this season that we were going to finish 10 and seven, 11 and six, somewhere around that range. And, and it did happen. We weren't expecting anything big, but then obviously there's teams that were shooting or there was people that were shooting for the moon saying we were going to go 13 and four and whatnot, but I never really expected that. I expected it to be 10 and seven, 11 and six would be the ceiling. Um, but now here we are. Um, we made it in. We're without TJ Watt, at least for this week. Uh, we don't really know if he's going to be back for the divisional yet. I mean, that would probably be the soonest he could come back, and he would be in a knee brace according to what you said and what, um, who reported for you or whatever. Um, yeah, it was somebody. I, I know you texted it to me like a couple days ago. So uh, I yeah, just, I
0: forget. I think Adam Schefter said that, which Adam Schefter does not work for me yet.
1: Okay. Well, either way, um, yeah, Adam Schefter reported it, and, um, I, I mean, I, we figured we weren't going to have him this weekend, and obviously I was kind of rooting to go against Kansas City a little bit, but the reason was is just because I feel like their wide receiver core um, is struggling a little bit. If we could figure out a way to maintain Kelsey and Pacheco, I feel like we would have had a pretty good shot. Now we have a lot more weapons that we have to deal with in Buffalo going into Buffalo. Either way, though, it's not like one stadium is going to be warmer than the other. They're both going to be freezing cold, so we're going to have to bear through some cold weather. Um, Am I excited for the game? I'm excited that the Steelers are back in the playoffs. It was kind of a bummer watching us not make it last year because um, the I believe it was, in fact, the Jets who folded on us. Uh, I believe it was them. Yeah, because you guys had Joe Flacco in, lost 9-6 to the Dolphins, meaning the Dolphins would make it in. Very disappointing um Kenny Pickett finished off the season pretty good that year too or not too bad but um definitely not um yeah we'll talk about that in a minute I saw that um but Kenny Pickett yeah he finished that season not too bad and then obviously the Steelers really snuck in in 2021 at nine at nine seven and one and um we did not have a good showing against Kansas City if we had a better team we might have been able to keep it a little bit closer, but I mean that Kansas City team in 2021 was just explosive. There was really nothing we could do. But um, but yeah, I mean I'm excited, but I am a little concerned, obviously, without TJ Watt, but with the hopes that Herbig, Golden, and uh Alex Highsmith, they all step up. And with the idea that Minka could be at could be back this weekend and KZ being um no longer suspended, it could be a lot of help for the backfield and the defense. And, um, I kind of have high hopes that we could go into Buffalo and, you know, walk in their trap and take over their trap. But until, um, Why do you, then okay, real
0: quick for the viewers, just texted me the walk, walk, is that a song lyric? You've been saying that the yeah. last 24 hours, like walking
1: your trap, take over your trap. Is that a Did you, uh, you Oh yeah, no, it's not, a, it's not a Drake <laughs> lyric it's it's literally it's a song that they play whenever they i'm pretty sure they played it over the last couple of years i don't i don't know if it's like when they win like huge away games or if they finish the season with a win or what they do but they played it over the last couple of years it's by bankroll fresh um with two chains and schooley and it's uh take over your trap and one of the captions after we beat baltimore was whenever one of the captions of them celebrating in the locker room was walk into your trap take over your trap so now everybody is like walk into your trap take over your trap because of you know you know going into the uh, Buffalo Bills game on Sunday we're hoping to uh, take over the house but Excuse yeah walk in your house take over or, yeah walk into your house take over your house walk into your trap take over your trap
2: you guys you know a little bit of context for Josh here um, basically when someone usually walks into a new trap you you really don't take over the trap. Uh, It would be very hard for that to happen. So the idea is they did something very improbable by taking over the trap after walking into said trap.
1: Yes. Thank you, Stan, for clarifying because uh, Josh is um, a 20. uh, He's uh, he's he's in his early 20s, but um, he actually has uh, the mind of a 50 year old. So
0: I do not. I I don't contest that at all. Johnny Cash is my most listened to artist on Spotify. (laughs)
1: So, but yeah, so that we're hoping for that come Sunday. We're hoping for a win in Buffalo, but obviously it's not going to be easy. So,
0: well, so let's, we'll talk about Buffalo here in a second. Uh, Stan, or excuse me, Chuss, you said you saw this JJ Watt tweet. Uh, JJ <laughs> Watt is coming to play for the Steelers in place of TJ. Is like, they're not going to know. I mean, look at that, right?
1: I mean, probably not, but I uh, I, I think they would get in trouble for that. So um, I don't think it's actually going to happen. Now, if J.J. Watt wanted to sign a playoff contract with us, that would be kind of cool because if, if we go on some sort of legacy run with Mason Rudolph through the playoffs, we could get J.J. Watt his ring. So... That would be cool, and he could get it, and he would get it with his brother. So that would be really dope. But it's probably not going to happen since he's a analyst now, and he uh, has since retired. So probably wouldn't happen. As cool as that would be, and as much as a man could dream, I would love for that to happen. Um, and it would possibly be very helpful considering uh, uh, what is TJ Watt is hurt. So not not JJ, but.
0: So. Yeah, victory lap for Stan real quick. The Jets beat the Patriots. Um, the Steelers lost to the Patriots. Chuss thinks they should have won. So, uh, Stan, do you think that this Steelers team can beat the Bills even though they couldn't beat the Patriots that your Jets team just beat?
2: You know, if if there's one thing the Bills need to learn – is how to do a Heimlich because those players know how to choke. I mean, if you want to talk about a team that struggles even when they're supposed to win, that is the Bills. The, they've lost to so many poor teams these last few years. They've choked in the playoffs. I think if there's any team that if, – if I'm a Steelers fan, if I'm like Schuss here and I'm looking for any team to play, it is that team. The Bills, they just they don't have the ability uh, to – To keep things together when it gets tough. A second thing that I think is really important is, you know, look at the type of ball that the Bills play uh, before and after getting their new OC, right? It's very uh, turnover heavy. It's very risk heavy. And if there's one defense, even without TJ Watt, that can take advantage of that offensive scheme, it is the Steelers. So I think it, I think it's a lot closer than a lot of people think. A lot of uh, fans are looking at this, looking at the Steelers, third in their division. What are they going to do? They're probably going to suck. But I think they're going to be a really good team. And I think I think they very well could beat the Bills.
0: Okay, Chess, we've got some confidence from a L- fellow AFC East fan over there. Uh I am obviously rooting against the Steelers. I am very heavily rooting for the Dolphins, the Texans, and the Bills. That's the move this week. Um, but
1: man, you're you're really rooting for Stan's rivalries and my downfall. You're you're a you're a uh, you're a mean mean fellow. I know. I know. Ooh. <laughs> You're rooting for the do- like okay, I'm a Houston, jerk. okay, sure, a jerk. but yeah, dang, that, that's that's overall. Top, I'm
0: rooting for the Lions. That's
1: uh, the Lions.
0: Yeah, but Chuss, you you uh you reported on something last night, and I'm not sure if Stan saw this yet, but uh, you you texted me and let me know this, and you made a short for the YouTube channel that some people might have seen, might not have seen. Mike Tomlin is stepping down as the Steelers head coach. They, they just right, made so, the playoffs. What, what's going on here?
1: Well, um, so there isn't a lot of context or background too much on it yet. So we don't really want to jump the gun too early on because obviously this is new developments here, but, um, yeah. Well, yeah. you yeah, Over here. Jumping the gun. Is he, he's going to step down. Well, we don't know if he's actually going to step down. The gun has been the, jumped. All right. Don't jump over the gun. All right? um, right. Don't, don't speak too soon, but there is being reports. Adam Schefter talked about it on NFL countdown. I believe it was yesterday um, saying that there's chatter around the league that Mike Tomlin could be stepping down after this season. He has one year left on his contract and the Steelers aren't looking to fire him. In fact, they were looking to extend him as reported by the organization, like probably midway through the season, probably like October, November, but there's been no extension as of right now. So there is a chance that Mike Tomlin could just be, you know, taking a break. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, obviously he's heard the noise over the last, you know, 10 years, probably more or less, more more than like 17, I would say, because like a lot more people were really excited about him winning the super bowl in 08, taking in the super bowl in 2011 uh, you know, approval and disapproval rates kind of have gone like waves over the last, you know, 10 or 12 years or so. But um, it's definitely interesting, but I mean, I wouldn't blame Mike Tomlin for taking a break just because I mean, he's been doing it forever. Um, I mean, just coming from like a personal standpoint, like Mike Tomlin has kids And I believe two of his kids have already graduated college and he only has one kid left that's in uh, college. And um, she's a freshman, I believe, or sophomore or something. So she doesn't have much time left. And, you know, he's been coaching for so long and, you know, watching your kids just kind of grow up in front of you is is kind of unfortunate, especially when you want to watch them play or participate in sports. And I know that um, his sons were big athletes and whatnot at, um, I believe, one went to Boston College. I don't think he got drafted or anything, but he still played. Um, so, I mean, obviously they would still love the opportunity to watch them play and whatnot, but I mean, I mean, there's a lot of coaches that are like that. I mean, even going from a local standpoint for anybody that's familiar with the Pittsburgh area. Um, I think that, you know, if you guys know of TJ McConnell who plays for the NBA, there's a coach here, um, coach McConnell, who's, uh, coached Whipple basketball, which is high school basketball in the region for years, and has been acclaimed as one of the uh, best Whitfield player or Whitfield coaches of all time. And uh, he finally decided to take some time off after losing in the semifinals last year in the Whitfields. And um, the reason was, is he wanted to watch his kids play ball because TJ's in Indiana for only so long. And, uh, and we also don't know how long TJ is going to stay in the NBA. We hope for, you know, a couple more years, obviously, but he's getting older. And then his, you know, his daughter, Megan, she's at in her last year at Duquesne playing women's basketball there. And we don't know where she's going to end up. If she ends up in the WNBA or anything else, but he took, he, he took the, he stepped down. He resigned after two or three seasons and um, he played even, you know, many, many more seasons previous to that. And um, it was because of, family so it could just be a situation where Tomlin just wants time to spend with his family you know maybe he's tired of all the drama the nonsense and maybe he just kind of wants to enjoy some time off now granted obviously he could pull Sean Payton and come back and you know play for a different team like the Chargers or Commanders or maybe even you know step in again for the Steelers in 2025 I guess at that point but um, I don't know it's, it's a remain to be seen but there is chatter around the league that he could step down
0: yeah, so we have kind of been covering Mike Tomlin aggressively these last few weeks. And as you s- can see, I threw the Tomlin Defender Arguments bingo card up here, uh, created by Social Psycho on Reddit that I found. So, uh, Chus, you went through and responded to every single one of these at one point in our text group chat. Do you want to just respond to a few of these? Do you think Tomlin should still go? Do you want Tomlin to be the head coach next year? What are your thoughts?
1: It's so for me, as I've said over the last you know couple of weeks um, in these podcasts and stuff, all I've wanted to see from Mike Tomlin is progress. And I want to see us win. And I want us to see us get a playoff victory. And we are very close to that right now. I mean, we squeaked in as the seventh seed, but as Stan said, this might be our best chance to win a playoff game in, a, in you know, in the last couple of years since probably 2020, I would say, when we should have probably beaten Cleveland, going 12 and four, but we had that collapse. Um, so it's been a while, and I just wanted to see progress. We've had developed teams, we've had really good teams, and we've just fallen short, losing the divisional to the Jacksonville Jaguars by three points, you know, losing to the Cleveland Browns at home in 2020. And now, obviously, you know, you get blown out in 2021 playoffs or 2022 playoffs, whatever you want to count it against the Chiefs. I mean, if you want to throw that, you want to count that, whatever. Nonetheless, like this could be our best shot and all I've ever wanted from Mike Tomlin is progress. And since he hasn't won in a while, a playoff game, it kind of is almost like stagnant for me. And if he can prove to me that he can win this playoff game against the Bills with Mason Rudolph, your third string quarterback in the backfield, and you've rallied your team, you've motivated your team enough to win a wild card game where you were the seventh seeded team. And you're going into Buffalo, who's the second seeded team and beating them at home. And then going on to the divisional round, because then at that point you're going to be versing Baltimore where anything can happen. Cause it's a divisional a divisional rival game. And we've beaten them twice this year already. I, I really think that if he can prove it to me, then I'm more than happy with him staying as coach. But the problem that I've had with Mike Tomlin for the last couple of years is being stagnant. And yes, he's had winning seasons, and he's done really good, and he's had no losing seasons. And I get that, but sometimes we just kind of want progress. And while these other teams are having all these Super Bowls, um, you know, like you're going through, like watching the Eagles have rebuilt and now they're going on and they, or they went on to win a Super Bowl in 2018. They went to the Super Bowl last year. You've seen Kansas City, you know, like over years and years rebuild their team and finally get Patrick Mahomes and they've had a legacy built. You're seeing these teams go to the Super Bowl. You're seeing these teams develop and went, having winning records and stuff. And it just feels like the Steelers have just been stagnant. Like they'll have one really good season and then just fall short in the wild card or divisional. And then that's it. And all I've wanted is just some sort of progress, where it's like, oh my gosh, we won a wild card game. I just want some hope, and I haven't had hope every over the last you know multiple years where we've gone into playoff games. I've been like, oh, we're gonna win, and then we don't. And then in Kansas City, I was like, we ain't gonna win this one, and we did it. And now this time around, all the Steelers fans are like, everybody in the comment sections. If you look at Pittsburgh social media right now, everybody's saying the same things: we're going to the Super Bowl. Parentheses. I'm delusional mm. because we don't believe and i want a coach that's going to make us believe and if he can be if he can win the wild card game and even if we lose in the divisional he'll give me a little bit more hope that we can win and it just is going to take a little bit because then if you win against buffalo you won without tj watt and now you're going and maybe you lose to baltimore oh well you know the fact you made it this far is crazy enough to me so um i wouldn't be against it if he came back next year, but obviously I've been pushing for change for a while. So I guess I should probably stick with it. Um, I wouldn't be against getting a new coach in 2024, but I mean, I'm not against Mike Tomlin staying if we can consistently make playoffs and get a playoff win sooner rather than later, because TJ Watts getting old and we're not going to have much time left with him. And uh, it's kind of just one of those things where it's like, I, I want, I want progress and I'm happy that we're in. And now let's let's get the job done and get that wild card win. And I, I truly believe my opinion will change heavily from a couple of weeks ago, maybe even a month ago, when I said that everybody ever that the Steelers organization should be sold or whatever. I didn't say that, but you know what I mean.
0: So yeah, lots of lots of speculation about head coaches who's getting fired, who's getting hired, where they're going to end up. Uh, let's talk about a few of those. So Arthur Smith got fired. Exactly two minutes into Black Monday, which was yesterday, Falcons wasted no time. I assume it only took them two minutes to call him and be like, "Hey, you done? Hang up." Uh, he never got a better record than seven and ten in his three years there. They had a ton of stars on offense and defense. They got Drake London, Bijan Robinson, uh, Kyle Pitts, and it was just like, "How are you not winning more games?" Uh, At one point, they had Bijan blocking for Cordell Patterson. That made a lot of fans mad because that made no sense. Uh, Another guy who was fired is Ron Rivera, who we've talked about on the show before. Defensive-minded coach. I'm a fan of him. I don't think he ever really got a great shot in Washington because you had Dan Snyder and then first year under a new owner. Who knows what all happened? You don't have a franchise quarterback. Sam Howell is a mess. Um, is he good? Is he bad? We don't know. Now they're talking about maybe drafting another quarterback. Um, Washington is just crazy. They've brought in uh, an NBA executive who built the Golden State Warriors to uh, help look for a new head coach here. Uh, I think offensive coordinator Eric Biennemi is someone they should look at internally as well. But they are looking at basically every coordinator in the nfl as a potential head coach uh ian rapaport's twitter feed yesterday was basically just the commanders have called this coordinator this coordinator this coordinator this coordinator so um definitely uh very very optimistic for the commanders to find a head coach finally and possibly a franchise quarterback so what are your guys' thoughts on those two firings did either of them surprise you for any reason
1: Not really. I I was going to say, yeah, not really. Um, I mean, I figured Atlanta was going to let him go um, just because I'm sure that once again, they also want some progress and he's been stagnant at seven and 10 seasons when divisions have been easily winnable over the last couple of years. Like, I mean, heck, if if Tampa would have lost and Atlanta would have beat New Orleans, they would have they would have clinched that playoff berth. So, I mean, like, obviously they've, they've come so close and they've fallen so short and with the team that they have and, and whatnot, I mean, granted, they might, you know, need to work on that quarterback room over there, but um, it's not one of those situations where it's like, they're in like a bad team. I think they have the potential. Obviously they're seven and 10, you know, they they've had a better record than Washington this year and they, they presumably had their franchise quarterback. Um, so I, I think that there is definitely room to improve in Atlanta and getting a new coach. But I I I was expecting that. Um, Washington I, I don't think they gave him a fair shot, but I don't think they gave Rivera a fair shot. But the problem that I had was that obviously when you have like you know a losing season and you know once again there isn't really much happening and you're just after this season just not looking good at all. Really at times, um, obviously I, I think the new ownership probably just wanted to move on and get a fresh start regardless of what was going on and um, start over. Uh, probably get, you know, maybe draft a new quarterback, maybe sign one in the <clears> off season. I mean, obviously Russell Wilson's probably going to be released and there's going to be some quarterbacks out there that they could possibly get. Um, you know, who knows? I mean, there's there's no even guarantee that Mason Rudolph stays in Pittsburgh. So we don't we – don't, you know, he could even be available if somebody wants to, you know, try to pick him up and develop him like a Geno Smith for a couple of years just to get themselves – in a, in a decent spot. So, I mean, there, there's always, there's, there's those possibilities. Um, And I mean, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta didn't shock me as much as Washington did, but in a way, Washington still kind of just, it kind of, I I kind of expected it still. It was just a matter of time. I didn't know if it was going to be this year or next year. Um, It just happened to be this year. So.
0: Stan, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, the Smith thing, I think that had to happen. Uh, Smith was not doing a great job there. Um, I've heard of people being bipolar. He had like 37 pulls there. Nothing about him was consistent um, as a coach. And when I look at coaches and what they bring to the table, I look at two factors. One, well, obviously what they're doing in-game. Are they making the right calls? If if they are the main play caller, are they calling the right plays? Uh, But also what matters is – What's going on off the field? Do his players enjoy playing under him? Also, is he bringing in good free agents? Do free agents see that team as a destination because of the coach? And I don't think Smith was doing well on either of those fronts. And to me, it's pretty clear they have to move on from him. Um, for, for Rivera, I think that's a little bit of a different story. Cause I think Rivera, I mean, everyone knows he's a very respected coach, right? He's done a lot in his career. And I, 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 was talking to one of my friends, uh, Dom, one of our neutral friends, who's, who's a big, uh, Washington fan. And he was telling me he would be very surprised to see Rivera go away. This was uh, a few weeks ago, um, because Rivera was brought in, he was big fan for That was supposed to be the decision that Washington made to move in, into their next generation of football. So that's a little bit surprising but personally I am I am not too surprised I I think I think it's more so surprising because of who he is not so much when you look at his performance as a head coach for Washington.
0: Yeah, so Arthur Smith didn't shock me. And I've said this on the show multiple times I cannot I couldn't pick the Falcons to win a lot of games because I had no idea what Arthur Smith was going to do. There were games where Drake London just wouldn't get targets, where Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts wouldn't get targets. He's just, he's just blocking for whatever reason. Bijan, your eighth overall pick, is being used, or whatever. He was top ten. I think he was eighth overall. You're using him to block. Why, that makes no sense. The defense was okay, but Arthur Smith was just so inconsistent. Like you said, Stan, um... And then everyone blamed Desmond Ritter. They went to Taylor Heineke. Then they blamed Taylor Heineke, so they went back to Desmond Ritter and then so they could blame Desmond Ritter again. But it, there was nothing consistent with the Atlanta Falcons. And the fact I, – I think Arthur Smith is generally a very nice guy. This isn't me, like, just bashing Arthur Smith. But then for your final game against the Saints, you get blown out by a division rival <laughs> – and I don't know, I assume you guys saw this because it was everywhere.
1: The yeah, I saw it. Den- the- Dennis
0: Allen, that he apologized, and, but it wasn't even on Dennis Allen, the Saints head coach. Jameis Winston wanted to get Jamal Williams a touchdown. So they lined up in victory formation and then went for it, and Jamal got his touchdown. Smith was livid, and some are saying Smith had a right to be. Others are saying just stop it. You can debate that however Want, but that ended up being like the end of his career. That's the note he went out on. Was complaining that another team ran up the score, which doesn't look good in my opinion, but uh, I don't think Smith is going to be someone who people look to for another head coaching gig for a while. Maybe he pulls a Dan Quinn, goes and is a coordinator somewhere else and then goes back through the cycle. We'll see. Rivera. He said, I believe, the last five weeks of the season were the only time in his career at Washington that he felt like he was just a head coach because he was having to do so much other stuff with, with Dan Snyder and trying to figure out that And, like, he's having to be a PR guy. He's trying to, like, defend his players. He's trying to defend ownership. Like, all this other stuff that Washington is just such a mess. Um, I've I've talked to Washington fans, and they've just said, he's an awful coach. He shouldn't be in the NFL anymore. Uh, He's one of the better defensive coordinators in NFL history. Uh, I'd put him up there with Vic Fangio and uh, Jim Schwartz. Uh, maybe he's not head coach material anymore. That, that could be true, but I don't think he's a bad coach. I think there's a lack of talent in Washington. You traded away Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Um, there was never a lot of talent in Washington because players don't want to go there. You had Terry McLaurin. You had a cycle of quarterbacks, Carson Wentz, Sam Howell, Taylor Heineke, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Alex Smith you never knew what you were going to get the next season. You couldn't build something in the off season because you didn't know what was going to be there. You didn't know who your leader was going to be. And that's so hard to do as that's hard to do in any job, but especially as a head coach. So I don't know if Ron Rivera will get another head coaching gig. Maybe he should, but I think uh, teams will look to him as a defensive coordinator potentially uh, if, they need one. I know the Bengals might lose Lou Anarumo uh, to a head coaching gig. I wouldn't be super opposed to Ron Rivera being the defensive coordinator there. The Giants are going to need a defensive coordinator as well, as we will talk about here in a minute. But I would not be shocked if a team hires Ron Rivera. So, yeah. Uh, Stan, though, let's let's talk about Wink Martindale. You called for earlier in the season – your big hot take of the year, I think, was Brian Dable needs to be fired. And uh, you, got some, you got some clicks. Some people were surprised by that. Coming off a Coach of the Year season. And there's been rumors back and forth, hey, Wink Martindale and Brian Dable don't like each other. And then Brian Dable comes out and says, hey, that's not true. We don't mind each other. And then Wink Martindale was like, hey, I, no, we figured it out. Uh, what do you think about that whole situation? Why do you think Wink Martindale stepped down? Uh, what's going on in New York?
2: Well, I think a lot of the issues with the Giants were not Wings' faults. Uh, I mean, even look at look, look at their last game of the season, right? When they they surprised, they basically blew out the Eagles. Um, look at the defensive play while that, even when Jalen Hurts was on the field, right when they had their when the Eagles were running with their starters, you saw some really smart defensive play from the Giants. And if you look at the names on that Giants roster, they're all for the most part either washed up or a little too young to really know who, who even they are. The only established part of that defense is really their their line. So with, without very many tools on that defense, Wink has done a great job uh, bringing some surprises. I mean, we saw them uh, have a comeback win in week one, right, against the Cowboys. Um, they've had some really good victories and their defense, in my opinion, has been at the forefront of quite a lot of that, especially when you consider the inconsistencies they've had at the quarterback and O-line. So I think for Wink, um he definitely will get another chance as a dc and maybe in the future in the future i don't think right now but maybe in a year or two as a head coach somewhere else in the nfl he has a long career ahead of him but before going to the giants you know he he, it wasn't like he came from buffalo it wasn't like he had been with dayball before right they knew each other but they hadn't really worked that closely together up until this point i think clearly they're not the best duo together and, and Ball, we've seen this. And the main reason why I thought Dayball should be fired is because I don't think he's the best at managing the team and managing the locker room. And, and as I mentioned earlier, those are like when I look at coaches, I'm looking at that just as much as the on field stuff. I think Dayball is great on field. Um, I don't think I like his skills when it comes to managing everything that's going on. And for a guy like Wink, you know, who who came from the Baltimore Ravens, where he led them to some of their best defensive seasons, right? He was, I think, he was a linebackers coach with them, right? And then look look at the Ravens. You no know, if there's one part of the Ravens you can't complain about, it's that linebacker room, right? That he established. So I think for Wink, it, it's a good career move for him. Whether he or Dayball had beef, I believe it because I don't think Dayball is a very agreeable person. Um. But I don't think it really matters. I think for Wink, he's doing a smart decision by getting out of the Giants while he can and hopefully moving on to a team where he can work a little bit better.
0: So you mentioned that, like, the team doesn't really have a lot of talent. They don't – I mean, you're right. There's really no one on that defense that is like a wow, like this is their guy on defense. How – do you – can you get more specific about how you think Wink used these guys defensively to uh, build a scheme that worked?
2: Well, okay, so talking about playing Jalen Hurts, right? Jalen Hurts, one – okay, so the Giants' strength this year has been their defensive line. The, the wow names they have are all defensive linemen, That's right? True. So if you if you look at his play just, just in that one week uh, – it wasn't just about the defense line. it's about the quarterbacks pressing against the sides of the field, right? Because Jalen Hurts, one thing he loves to do is run out of the pocket, throw the quick pass down uh, to a wide receiver on the side. And the Giants did a really good job of stopping that. Now, uh, this is something, if you've watched any Eagles games this year, Every, especially against the Jets, but he was also when Jalen Hurts had to run a lot. It was always that same play that he goes to. So being able to stop the small stuff like that that means something to me. Um, I never watched the game against the Cowboys, but essentially, here's what happened, right? They, they got blown out 40 points in the first half, and then I believe they in their comeback they didn't give us a, a single point in the second half. So what does that mean to me? That means Wink, his coaches, his players at halftime they had some sort of discussion that they were able to fix what was going wrong in that first half and not only address it, but have one of the best defensive halves of the season. So things like that, those adjustments to me are are just as important as preparing for a game. So that that Eagles game, to me, that was about preparation. But that Cowboys game, that's about adjustment. So as a defensive coordinator, he's done a very good job with making uh, kind of a ragtag team with a great defensive line into a a more solid uh, team.
0: All right. Good thoughts. Chess, do you have any thoughts on that at all?
1: Um, not really. Um, not that I, it's not like I don't care. It's just, um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not as knowledgeable as like Stan is on the whole concept of it. Um, I, I definitely, I, I thought it was interesting, but um, that, you know, they, they got rid of both, but I mean, it might've been needed. So I'm um, just kind of play it out with new york so we'll see what happens with them next year so we'll see what happens with wink maybe he'll sign somewhere else
0: yeah the jaguars just fired their defensive coordinator mike caldwell so maybe wink heads down south to where it's a bit warmer and uh tries to make a playoff run with the jags this head this next head coach this one i separated him from the rest because i really didn't think he was gonna get fired until ian rapaport was on nfl total access and he just kept like hinting at it he's he'd be like talking and he'd be like yeah, we've got these head coach firings, and they'd be talking about Belichick, and he'd be like, Mike Vrabel might be a guy who goes to New England if Belichick gets fired. And everyone was kind of like, what? So Mike Vrabel was fired this morning, um, and I was, as I said, surprised by this. I think a lot of people were. 2021 Coach of the Year got the Titans to an AFC Championship game. Uh, he led Tennessee to four consecutive winning seasons after 2018, but the last two years they finished below 500 by multiple games. So rough last two years. Uh, I have thoughts on this. I obviously don't like it, but I don't want to. I want to let you guys have your guys' takes first before I get too specific into mine. So, Chuss, what do you have?
1: Yeah, I, I think I think it was kind of a questionable move by Tennessee to let Vrabel go. Um, obviously you haven't had two really good seasons, but I really think that the Titans have just tried tried have been trying to figure out like different parts of their team altogether. I mean, last, last season um was before Will Levis. They had Ryan Tannehill and then they they put in Malik Willis and Malik Willis didn't do well and it was just a, a cluster happening over in Tennessee, and now you have Will Levis playing, but he's playing okay. He's only had one big breakout game, really, and he hasn't really done a whole lot since. I mean, he's winning games, and he's not doing real well in some others, but um, he's there. Um, but obviously, like, you know, with Derrick Henry, you know, leaving and stuff like that, you know, your, your sole team was a lot on Derrick Henry. Um, you don't have as many, like – like, you have good defensemen, but they're not, like, star-worthy – you know, and your and your wide receiver core is a little weaker than some other teams with only just D hop more or less carrying a lot of times, you know, making those spectacular catches and whatnot. So, um, I mean, they have a lot of room they, they need to rebuild, but I don't think firing Vrabel was the answer to help them rebuild because now if they bring it whoever they bring in as their head coach, whether it's a new and uh, whether it's a coordinator who's never head coached before, whether it's somebody from, you know, colleges, or maybe it's something, you know, maybe they do pull from another head coach or something like that, whatever the case may be, it may not be the answer because I do think Vrabel could be really good. And, um, you know, he already had a really good season, you know, a couple of years ago. So I I don't think it's impossible for Vrabel to bounce back. Um, you know, that that team that he did really well with was a very different team than the Tennessee Titans are currently over the last couple of seasons. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to, you know, um, like identify his his coaching level based on two seasons where, you know, some of the best coaches, including Bill Belichick, all have those struggling seasons. And we, we've seen it with Bill Belichick this season. You know, he just doesn't have the players, you know, just something's not clicking. And he is noted as probably one of, if not the best coach of all time. And everybody's kind of like that. Everybody kind of goes through their ups and downs. Okay, I get it. Mike Tomlin is an anomaly, but it doesn't matter. It does not matter. <laughs> I think Grape will. Do. I think Grable will be good somewhere else. So, but um, but yeah,
0: we got a stand.
2: I, I was about to ask while you were saying that. So, how? how why doesn't the same? Uh, you know, clemency go go to Mike Tom Tomlin? Why are you so tough on him? I'm not uh, get it, but.
1: I, I, sometimes I think it's just luck at times. I, I, sometimes I just wonder if it's luck because sometimes some of these games, not not necessarily like this season, but there's been some seasons where we've lucked out towards the end of the season, finishing eight and eight um, or nine and eight or whatever. So uh, this season was just a little different, but yeah, I'm still going to be hard on him because I want, because it's stagnant, but Tennessee's also struggled over the last, you know, many, many years. Uh, you know, after they stepped on the terrible towel, it took them a long, long time to recover. So, and then they finally did and had that really crazy playoff run with Derrick Henry. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, they, they have the potential to be good and I think they can be good. They just need, they just need to rebuild a little bit and, um, and see where they go from there. But, um, but yeah, Mike Tomlin, on the other hand, is not, (laughs) Tennessee has been doing AFC championship sooner than mike tomlin has so come on michael tomlin what are you doing let's get let's let's make this happen this year right except for josh josh is going to be angry if i say that (laughs) to bring
2: it back to variable (laughs) i think i think it's just kind of the end of an era at tennessee i mean you talked about henry moving on but another big star big name on that team is moving on even though he hasn't been playing too well is ryan Tannehill, right i mean it's I think it makes sense for that reason to go ahead and take a different approach because a big part of their offense was supposed to be Henry and Tannehill, right? Those are the two big, biggest names uh, that Vrabel had to work with on that offense. And it's not that he wasn't able to make it work with Henry, but now that both those guys are moving on, I think it makes sense to get a coach who can fit the pieces you have left and hopefully lead you to whatever your next uh, g- you know, generation of stars on that team ends up being, uh, whether it's Will Levis or a different direction. Um, you know, for me, I think the decision to get rid of Vrabel is bad because Vrabel is good, but it's good because the Titans are bad. It's, it's, it's a weird one because it's to, – to me, moving on and trying to set a new standard makes a little bit more sense because you're moving on from the, probably the biggest Titan of all time in Derrick Henry. So I think it's a – Derrick Henry is a, a running back. T- titan.
0: Oh, Titan. Okay, I thought
2: you were saying yeah. tight, tight end. No, Titan. The biggest Tennessee <laughs> Titan uh, of all. Uh, yeah, I mean, but yeah, Derrick Henry, like eight years with this team, he's been the guy. He's been in the league. He's been uh, pretty much a top five running back for all of those years, maybe. I mean, Maybe like six or seven of them. I don't know. But he's been up there in the league. So I think now that you're moving on from him, you're moving on from Tannehill, it makes sense to get a coach who fits who you have left.
0: Yeah, so I think this was a terrible decision on the Titans part. That is that is my take. I think this was awful. Like, I I think a lot of players want to go play for Mike Frabel, and uh, whoever is in charge of bringing in the players and sending the players away has just done an awful job of bringing that in. I mean, DeHop went there, DeAndre Hopkins, uh. And you want to talk about these last two losing seasons. Well, let's go back to the start of one of these. or Let's go back to the start of these two losing seasons. A.J. Brown was traded on draft night. And who did they replace him with? Traylon Burks. Maybe, maybe you could argue DeAndre Hopkins was an attempt to replace him this year. But A.J. Brown was a receiving yards leader this year. And Mike Vrabel was vocally against that trade. That was not Mike Vrabel's decision. And then you tell Mike Vrabel, hey, um, also, we're going to draft Malik Willis, and he might be the quarterback of the future. We don't know, um, which he wasn't. We, we knew he wasn't going to be that good. We said that on the show during the draft. Um, and Ryan Tannehill is like, no, it's my position. I want it. I'm not going to help him. He said that in the press conference. So then you've got that issue going on. There's no weapons on this offense. I guess maybe a Conquo uh, and occasionally DeAndre Hopkins. Derrick Henry is getting older for a running back, still a stud. Don't get me wrong. But he is not the same. He's a 2016 rookie. He's not to the point where you can put the entire offense on his back anymore. It just doesn't happen. Still a stud. But you still need to have a passing game. Uh, With a rookie quarterback, you're not going to have that. I love Will Levis. This is not a knock on Will Levis. It's not a knock on D-Hop. It's not even a knock on Traylon Burks. But there is not a lot of talent for Vrabel to work with. And you traded away one of the best receivers in the NFL and then got mad when your team got worse and you gave him nothing to work with. I don't know what the Titans expected. I think that Mike Vrabel is going to end up being one of the uh, first hired head coaches. I think he's probably going to go to New England where he played if Bill Belichick is fired. Because when he was there in, for, I think, Ring of Honor speech, he was saying we. Like, we are Patriots. And the fans love Mike Vrabel. Nobody hates Mike Vrabel. He's a 2021 Coach of the Year. He's been to an AFC Championship game. Multiple winning seasons. He's proved he can coach. I think this was a terrible idea and they should have given him some actual weapons. We'll see what happens in Tennessee though. Next. Oh, I get to talk more. I guess it is my show. Um, so this, this actually really excites me though. I have no transition into this. So we're just going to hard, hard transition. Joe Burrow said T Higgins is going to be back. He said, I fully expect T to be back. That's the sentiment in the locker room. Uh, Joe is not someone to just say things either. He is someone who, if he says something, he means it, and he fully expects it. So Joe also said that there's stuff in his contract to uh, help get T back and to get Jamar Chase back, and uh, we don't know what those things are yet. Uh, That'll probably come a little bit down the road, but T Higgins is a... Free agent. We could franchise tag him. Wouldn't really want to do that personally, though. I'd rather extend him and just kind of end this whole narrative that T is going. Uh, Some big-name unrestricted free agents that the Bengals have this year. DJ Reader, Tyler Boyd, Jadobi Awuzie, Jonah Williams, T. Higgins, Irv Smith, I'll throw him in there, uh, Joe Bocci, uh, Tanner Hudson, Trent Irwin are both restricted free agents. And then Jake Browning is an exclusive rights for free agent. So DJ reader, he was a big one in the off season who people were like, we can't extend Jamar anti, and T uh, and reader thing with reader. He got hurt and he tore his quad. And that is a long time injury for my understanding. It takes like a year to recover from. So even if reader were to, get healthy, um, or even if he were to walk, I don't know if he is going to even play for any team next year. He's going to be 30 years old. Bengals don't usually uh, extend players who are going to be 30. Um, Reader's a stud, though. I love Reader. He is huge for the run defense, huge leader on the defense. That's kind of why I I have been such a big advocate of drafting a defensive tackle because Reader is getting older. He's not going to be there. Um, another guy, Tyler Boyd, love Tyler Boyd. My favorite pit Panther of all time, trust is Tyler Boyd. And, uh, he, mm, he's, mm. he's walking. I I'm going to be sad to see him go. I'll still root for him as long as he doesn't sign with the Steelers, but, uh, uh
1: he's coming home, baby. No, you know, he's no. coming home. Cheeto. He's, he's coming home. Cheeto uh
0: has kind of taken a uh step back this year. He's also kinda older, so I wouldn't be shocked if we let him go. Jonah Williams, uh we could probably find a better right tackle somewhere else for less. Irv Smith, he, he can leave. He was awful. Our practice squad tight end, Tanner Hudson, did
1: that. Bring bring Tyler Boyd to Pittsburgh.
0: Oh, we're starting that I'm just, hashtag. Yeah, I'm
1: just doing I'm just doing that to uh to make you upset.
0: Okay. It's not working.
1: Uh, okay, well, if it happens, but, it, you will be upset. I'm just doing this because I'll, I'll, uh, up until this point, I haven't hyped up the Steelers. You know, you know, real quick though, real quick. Actually, no, no, no. You, you finish your thing. You finish your thing. You continue okay. with your your spiel that you're doing right now yes. about how the Bengals have their free agents.
0: Yeah. So two of the guy two or three of the guys that Bengals fans really thought we had to resign this year were DJ Reader, Cheeto, and Jonah Williams. I don't think you have to re-sign those guys anymore, personally. Cheeto, you can replace with DJ Turner and draft a better, another cornerback later in the draft, I think. Bengals have done pretty well with drafting cornerbacks. Um, I think he's replaceable. DJ Reader is older anyway. You had to draft a defensive tackle anyway. Maybe go find a guy like Chris Jones or Josh Allen, who are both free agents as well, uh, depending on what they're asking. Uh, But DJ Reader is going to be injured anyway. Maybe sign him to a playoff contract if you make it. But I don't think he needs a full extension anymore. Just my opinion. Tyler Boyd is walking, unfortunately. T. Higgins can be re-signed. I believe the Bengals can do this. I fully believe Joe Burrow is telling the truth when he thinks the Bengals are going to re-sign T. Higgins. The only thing that concerns me is he has the same agent as Jesse Bates, who the Bengals have never done a deal with before. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But I fully expect to see T. Higgins in stripes, even though I was depressed a few nights ago when the T. Higgins jerseys went on sale online for 53% off. So uh, what, do you, what do you guys think about T. Higgins? Do you think he's gone? Do you think I'm being ridiculous? What, what's, what's the scoop?
2: I mean, if you can keep him, great. But here's, here's my bigger question. You said you're able to move on from Jonah Williams. I'm, I'm just curious, who do you think you're getting who's going to be better or as good as Jonah Williams?
0: Jonah Williams is not that great at the right tackle position. Um, he's, and he wants to be a left tackle. And I think there is a team that will pay him left tackle money. Uh, I think literally anyone is better than him at the right tackle position. Uh, We've had to have Drew Sample basically protecting Jonah Williams this entire game. If you go watch Bengals games, there are literally plays where Jonah looks like he didn't snap the ball. He doesn't know they snapped the ball. And the edge rusher just goes, whoop, right around him. Another guy is Cordell Volson, the left guard, but he's kind of younger. I really think Frank Pollock needs fired, and that's the true answer to the O-line issues. uh, Because he... I don't know how we consistently have this bad of O-line play with different people, but uh, I I wouldn't be opposed to drafting a right tackle either. Uh, Defensive tackle, right tackle, and tight end would be the three positions I'd be okay with taking in the first. If we take anything else, um, I'd be kind of annoyed, but I don't think Jonah Williams is worth what he is probably going to get in free agency.
1: Are you asking? Are you waiting for my opinion, or yeah, are you what's
0: waiting? What's your opinion, Chas? You always tell me to be, be uh, calm down, be less optimistic.
1: Hey, uh, I think you should calm down and be a little less optimistic. Um, the problem is is Do you think that this contract move is good for the overall benefit of your team going forward because T's probably gonna have a pretty decent sized contract. Not not huge, but it, it could affect you getting other players in other positions. You have to think you have to think on a management basis too. Nothing against T because T's been great for the Cincinnati Bengals. But obviously T could be a number one wide receiver in Kansas City and probably get paid wide receiver one money over in Kansas City. I know you would hate that but <laughs> he would get to be wide receiver one. Now, obviously, I don't expect T. I don't think that T wants to leave, but if the contract's not right or the payments aren't enough, you could franchise tag him, okay? But if you do extend that extension, unless you trade him or you cut him or something happens, depending on your guarantee for him, do you think it's worth it? Because remember, you're you're, when you pay for higher players, you're gonna have less money to work with when it comes to Mm -hmm. other positions. So I just wanted your opinion on that. Just wanted to see. What do you think of that?
0: Well, my question would be, do you, would you rather, it's going to come down to what the player desires. And I get like getting a payday for your family and setting up legacy money and stuff like that. But as a player, as a competitor, do you want to be the highest pay, paid at your position? Or do you want to go win some Super Bowls? Do we want to go win some rings? And that's, that's a personal thing to the player. And so maybe maybe T is like, I just want the money. So if the Panthers are going to give me $25 million a year, I'm going to take the money. But then are you okay with losing a lot of games? Because that's what's going to happen in Carolina for the foreseeable future. Or are you better off taking a pay cut, playing with one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, alongside one of the better wide receivers in the NFL, on one of the better teams in the NFL? Maybe you're making a little bit less money, but you've got a lot better shot making a uh, playoff run, a Super Bowl run with the Bengals than you do with the Carolina Panthers. So that's. that's he, yeah,
1: I mean it's possible, but like I said, there are teams out there that could still use the wide receiver because, like I said, I still mentioned Kansas City. So I mean it's not, and and he would be one of the better teams in the NFL with one of the better teams in uh, but, but with Tra- a better quarterback. Travis Kelsey's
0: so. talking about retiring. Is Kansas, Kansas City as good open? without Travis Kelsey?
1: Well, then that might push for a T. Higgins signing. <laughs> so, but um nonetheless, I'm not saying that he will, but I am saying like think of it long term because it could benefit your offense by signing T. Higgins, but would it benefit your defense? T. Because T. you would have to, because remember, you still need your secondary and without that money, would it be a smart financial decision for the Bengals to sign T. Higgins? And possibly not have money to fill, you know, your depth positions that you might need in, you know, corners or linebackers or whatever you might need. I'm just curious. The,
0: the defensive side that scares me more is less of the secondary and more of the uh, defensive line, because Trey Hendrick, Okay, Trey Hendrickson's extended. Sam Hubbard's a big question mark. DJ Reader, like we talked about, um, they don't have a lot of depth at that interior defensive line position. Uh, they've done fairly well at drafting cornerbacks. Cam Taylor, Britt's a stud. Uh, they brought – Cheeto was a free agent signing. Mike Hilton was a free agent signing. Uh, Dax Hill, I think, is more of a slot corner, even though they keep trying to play him at safety. Um, I think he'll end up being good once he's in his correct position. Uh, Jordan Battle is a safety who's been great in the secondary. They've done well getting these late-round, uh, non-first-round guys – and working with them. Now, how much of that is Lou Anaruma? How much of that is drafting? I don't know. That's hard to say. Uh, But I think the Bengals have done okay with young corners. DJ Turner needs some work still. The defensive interior run stopping is the issue. And if we can't do that, that's going to be a big thing. But, again, that goes back to the draft, drafting a defensive tackle, bringing in these guys who – We know can help stop the run. Uh, Again, maybe another veteran signing. I don't know if you're going to get a Josh Allen or a Chris Jones type guy. Those are big names. But maybe you get a lesser guy who isn't as much but still helps. Um, But I think it can be done. And I don't think – again, I don't think Joe would say this thinking it wasn't going to happen. And I don't think he would want to do something detrimental to the team either. Just the way that they've interacted with the fans. I don't think that he'd go into this saying, I'm going to take as much money as I can. Screw everyone else. Because that's that's just not the persona he gives off. That's not the locker room vibe he gives off. So um, we, we'll see what happens. It's hard to say. I mean, we can, we can guess all day. It's like the draft. You can point and say, this guy's going to go here. But there's a million different versions of what can happen.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and it's one of those things though, for you guys, like even if you were to lose T Higgins, um, there are still a lot of good wide receivers that you could either sign or draft because this, this draft class does have some really good wide receivers that you could get late. I mean, even like somebody like a Zay Flowers, who was a uh, second, I believe a second round pick, if not a third round pick, he ended up going to uh, Baltimore and he's a really good wide receiver. I mean, it, it's, I'm not saying that T Higgins is like, Replaceable because obviously he has a really good personality. He clicks well with the Bengals uh, locker room and whatnot. But, um, you know, if there was that possibility that you couldn't re sign him, you couldn't afford him, you're looking for the money to go elsewhere or whatever reason, there is replacements and do not be concerned about that. However, until we know something, uh, do not get your hopes up because, like I said, if you get your hopes up and then T. Higgins decides not to, you're going to be unbelievably disappointed. So, I just just want you to just kind of keep it low. Be excited that there's a possibility, but don't be overexcited. Like you know, because the one thing I was gonna mention, the one thing I was gonna mention, let's just talk about the idea that you know I kept my calm, and whenever we made it to the wild card, I didn't pull a Josh and be like. (laughs) <laughs> the Pittsburgh Steelers are the best team to ever exist. We have Golden. We have Herbig. We have Highsmith. What? He's hurt. He's fine. We've got Mason Rudolph. He is 3-0. and He's that hot hand. He's thrown three touchdowns that are 50-plus yards. He's a stud. Patrick Peterson's figuring it out. We have Minka and Casey coming back. Unbelievable. Buffalo doesn't even stand a chance. We are the next Super Bowl champion. Stairway to seven, baby. Let's go.
0: That's because Tomlin has broken all of your hope. Zach Taylor has given me hope.
1: I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, but I didn't pull a. I didn't pull a Josh and just hype up the Steelers. But I am. I am excited to see what happens. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm just glad that there's some. There's one more week of Steelers football at least.
0: Okay. So. um... I am I'm very excited about Andre Yoshivas though. Yoshi. Very excited about him. He had two touchdowns against the Browns. Very excited for that man. Uh Princeton Tiger late round pick. Let's go. Uh Stan, do you have any final thoughts before we talk about the Bills fan? No, okay. So this is a story that Stan brought to my attention actually, and it hasn't I haven't seen it on the news yet. But a Bills fan in Miami was shot and killed after the game on uh, Sunday night. So basically, uh, they were walking out of the stadium, and this, as the way I understand it, the a Dolphins fan tried to hit them with their car. Is that correct, Stan?
2: Uh, we don't, I don't think it's confirmed to be a Dolphins fan, Okay. but okay. someone tried to hit them with the car. Someone
0: tried to hit them with their car and they dodged out of the way of that. And then as the car was speeding off, um, the, the Bills fan chased after it and a guy got out of the car and shot him, shot the Bills fan and the Bills fan died. Uh, he was 30 years old and, uh, this is like the second time that I'm aware of we have seen Someone get killed in an NFL game, like, immediately following or during the game. And this is just stupid. Why are we acting like this as fans? I hate the Steelers. I am not going to kill a Steelers fan. I have not killed – I'm not going to kill Chuss. I'd hope not. So, I mean, Stan, thank you for bringing this to my attention. Uh, Prayers for him and his family. But, like, we just got to do better. I don't know if you guys have any final thoughts on that. I assume you do, but what do you got?
1: I, I think I think the whole concept of the idea of what happened was ridiculous. Um, I, I think that him getting shot and killed, you know, a Bills fan getting shot and killed in Miami, regardless, win or lose, you know, if it was a Dolphins fan that killed him, like, that is just so sad and, like, not good for the reputation of the NFL, especially when you look at like the bigger picture, because, you know, our fans are supposed to be passionate and we're supposed to be devoted, but we're not supposed to be killing other fans because at the end of the, at the end of the day, it's just a game and it's a sport and it's competitive. And we want to see our teams win, but we shouldn't go at each other for things that are not in our control. It's not like, you know, it, it, you're not on the field. And even if you were on the field, like I don't understand how, killing anybody is going to solve anything at all and so you know maybe you got some frustration out of killing that Bills fan but in the end he's going to probably be in jail for many many years so um if they have found that guy I'm, I'm hoping that they have but obviously you know we I don't know much more other than what the GoFundMe was so but hoping for uh hoping the best for his family his friends and anyone that's mourning him um it's just a really unfortunate thing, especially if he was i'm just from the reading of the GoFundMe, it sounded like he was from Buffalo, traveled down to Miami for the mm-hmm. game, came well, back, and he never made it home Well, he was from Canada he was oh, from man. Six
0: nations Canada, so that's part of what they're raising money for is trying to get um him back home, get his body back home to yeah. Canada so uh, very, very difficult situation overall and just insane to think about. Um, and again, we don't know if it was a Dolphins fan, but the fact that it happened in the parking lot of an NFL game outside Hard Rock Stadium, that's that's wild. So, um, yeah, do better, I guess. But Stan, what do you what do you have? You're the one who sent us this.
2: I mean, um, it's it's just Unbelievable. I mean, it's it's like football is about passion, and you know, it's it's to, to hear about something like this happening. I mean, I, when I when I first saw it, I just I didn't know what to think because it's like, how does that even happen? I mean, it's it's yeah, it's just all I could say is it's it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if you do go to a game, I mean, just stay safe and uh, hopefully nothing like this happens again. But prayers for him and his family.
0: Yeah, I mean, football's supposed to unite us, like it's supposed to bring us together. I mean, I hate the Steelers, and on game day, I'm like, I'll send Chuss all sorts of stuff, and he sends me stuff, and whatever. But that's all like, that's all like that, and that's all out of love for the team, man. We can't, we can't be shooting each other. That's, that's just like the players don't even aren't even that deep into it. Like the players, nah, they, they love each the other. The players will mean, fight and on they'll the like, they'll get in each other's faces, but at the end of the day, they're all buddies in the off season
1: i mean it's just competitive nature that's the whole point is like they get competitive and whatnot i mean there is obviously some players that hate other players but most of the time like it's just in the fuel of the moment where they get really angry at each other um whether it's pushing and shoving and and all of that um like you know for example uh like you know miles garrett hit mason rudolph over the head with a helmet um (laughs) that I, i that could be a rage situation um Uh, I don't know if they necessarily hate each other now, but obviously it's like a heat of the moment 95% of the time when things like that happen. So it's never like a thing where it's like, I don't like this guy. And then things like that get built up. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you see both teams come to the, come to the middle, they shake hands, they give each other hugs. uh, They pose, they do Jersey swaps. It it happens all the time. So it's, it's, it's like you said, Josh, it's supposed to, you know, bring, bring everybody together and, this is not what you want to see over a game, mm-hmm. over a sport that we all love. And all he wanted to do was root on his boys. Yep. The Buffalo Bills.
0: Well, thank you for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe. We can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube at No Butts Show. Our social media pages are No Butts Show, No Butts underscore show on Instagram and No Butts Show on TikTok. My Twitter is Josh underscore Butts underscore 2001, and if you would like to reach us, you can email us at Podcast 2 that's the number 2, at gmail.com. Finally, our spread shop will be in the description, so check out the merch. Once again, if you enjoyed today's show, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And until next time, go do something nice for someone. No more of this bad stuff. I, I don't want to talk about it anymore.